0: Turn with me to 1st Timothy chapter 2, 1st Timothy chapter 2, we'll begin reading in verse 1, our scripture actually starts in verse 4, but um, the, the title of my message is The Blessings of the Gospel. Uh, the story is told when early in Jesus' ministry, uh, he had healed 10 lepers, Uh, One of them was a Samaritan, and he was the only one who, because as they were going to be uh, examined by the priest, they were healed, he was the only one to come back and thank Jesus for what he had done. Uh, Sometimes we forget to thank the Lord for the the blessings that he's given us. Um, i tell you what, I I remember when I came to Christ and uh, just the change that God brought in my life. And the joy and the peace that was there um, through putting my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And uh, I've never forgotten that and I I am so grateful for uh, the relationship with Christ that I have. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ today. Can I say uh, it'd be our privilege, our pleasure, our excitement uh, to help you with that this morning. Uh, Christ is died for your sin, and rose again. And the Bible says that if we will surrender our lives to him in faith and put our trust in him to save us, he'll do so. And uh, so we'll give you an opportunity here in a few moments to make that commitment to Christ. Uh, You need that walk with Christ. Uh, The world we live in, I don't know how people make it without the Lord. Uh, If you're a child of God, you need... Uh, To thank Him and praise Him for the great blessings that He's given us. There's something about the work of God's salvation that is unlike just about anything else in this world. It is uh, a step above. We thank God for a lot of different things. But I can think nothing uh, is greater than to thank God for the blessings of His salvation. Paul is encouraging Timothy. Uh, And he's encouraging him, he's saying, look, I want prayers to be made for lost people. I want prayers to be made for saved people. Uh, And I I want you to remember the message we've received and the blessings that we've received in the gospel. And so he's talking about these things probably to encourage them to pray more for those who are lost. But also just to remind them uh, to lift up God and thank Him and praise Him for all that He's done. The blessings of the gospel. Look with me at, uh, at uh, verse 1 of 1 Timothy 2. First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings be made for everyone. For kings and all those who are in authority so that we may lead a quiet and tranquil life in all godliness and dignity. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, a testimony at the proper time. For this I was appointed a herald, an apostle, I am telling the truth, I am not lying, and a teacher. Of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The blessings of the gospel. What are these blessings of the gospel that he mentions? Well, first of all, I want you to see there is the blessing of a relationship. In verse 5, he says, there is one God. Now, that is a, a statement of theological truth. But it is also a statement of blessing. You remember Isaiah the prophet? In Isaiah the prophet... Uh, he describes the idolatry of the Israelites and those around them. And he says, people are worshiping these things. They carve these things out of wood. They, they carve these things out of stone. And uh, they have eyes, but they can't see. They have mouths, but they can't speak. They have ears, but they can't hear. They can't do you any good. But we, on the other hand, serve a living God. And because he is a living God... He is able to meet the needs of our lives. And because he's a living God, he is able to have a relationship with us. Uh, What an amazing blessing. Uh, One of the scriptures says, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Uh, You can cast your cares on the Lord. And guess what? He's got ears that actually hear. And he's got a mouth that can actually speak. He's spoken through his word, but sometimes he speaks through his spirit uh, to our hearts. But he brings encouragement. Uh, The spirit is the comforter. And he speaks words of healing and life into our lives. Why? Because he is the one true living God. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt... There were, there were several plagues that were, were brought against Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And each of these plagues showed that God was sovereign over each of the areas where they had a God that they worshipped in Egypt. The Nile was one of the gods. God struck the Nile. He turned it to blood. Uh, the sun, you've heard of Ra, the Egyptian god Ra. Uh, The sun was one of their gods and so God brought darkness. God showed his sovereignty over all that was in Egypt. Can I tell you something? God is sovereign over your life. He is sovereign over the circumstances that you face and he has given us a relationship. What a wonderful thing. relationships are a blessing anyway i am grateful for the the blessing of my relationship with my wife and my kids with my church family but can i tell you there's no other relationship like a relationship with god because uh guess what we're human beings right we get tired we we have an end to what we can do god never gets tired he never says okay roger Uh, I'm done, I can't talk to you anymore, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. He never says that. He has all strength and power, and he can listen to all the prayers on the world at one time. Can you imagine that? Um, He always has time for us. And he understands us completely. You know, one of the things about deep relationships that we have is the fact that the, the closer that we grow to each other, the more that we know about each other, right? And uh, your family knows you in a way that probably people here in the church don't know you because they see you warts and all, right? Uh, they, they see you uh, in your moments of weakness and, and so forth. Um, God sees us and knows us better than we even know ourselves. He searches the hearts and minds. And you know what? Even though he knows us, the Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so uh, God so loved the world that he gave his son. Even knowing what Roger Pugh was like. Even knowing what you're like. God sent his son. That's his heart of love for us. So praise God, thank God for the relationship that he has given us. Secondly, the second blessing is that he has given us a mediator. If you look at verse 5 again, it says there's one God and one mediator between God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. Now, it says one mediator. There are other mediators in Scripture. The priests were mediators. They would read the words of God to the people of Israel. They would pray before the The altar of incense to the Lord on behalf of the people, they were considered to be his mediators. But really, there's only one mediator that can really do the kind of good that we need. And that is Jesus, because he's the only one who is fully God, but also fully man in one person. Because he's fully God, he fully understands and identifies with God. And as he intercedes before the throne of God, he intercedes according to the perfect will of God. Uh, He intercedes with God. He knows the heart of God. He knows what God desires. So he knows how to pray unlike anyone else in this world. He's also omniscient as God the Son. He knows exactly what we need. And so he's able to bring these things to God. But he's also fully human. And because he's fully human, he's the great mediator for us. Because the Bible says in Hebrews that he understands our weaknesses and our frailties. He identifies with that because he has been a man. He has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. He understands us. And so he can. Identify with us and communicate with us in the ways that we need to be communicated with. Uh, and do so with a heart of love, identification, and understanding. And uh, he teaches us God's truth. He reveals the things of God to us. Uh, he teaches us how to live the Christian life. Um, There's a lot of things about God. I mean, we have things that are revealed in God's Word, but there's a lot of things that we don't understand about our great God. He is infinite. How does uh, somebody like us uh, comprehend the great, almighty God? You see, we're limited. He is unlimited. We are flawed. He is perfect. Uh, It is hard for us even to have an idea of understanding God because he is so much greater than we are and so much higher than we are. So God has given us a mediator named Jesus. And the Bible called Jesus the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus was the living Word in the Old Testament, they had a law that revealed to them some things about God. They had prophets that revealed things and all of these things. But then Jesus came. And Jesus revealed God as no one else had ever revealed him. Why? Because he took on flesh and we were able to observe. We observe him through what's written in the Gospels. But those who were living at that time actually saw Jesus interact with people. Can you imagine what that must have been like? They saw and understood how God responds to us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So when Jesus wept over Jerusalem, he says, how often I would have gathered you as chicks under my wings, but you would not. It revealed the heart of God and his love and his passion for Israel. Uh, When Jesus healed the sick and showed compassion on the multitudes who were demon-possessed and who had all of these things going on and, and he healed them and set them free, you see the heart and the compassion of our great God. Jesus, as a mediator, reveals to us who God is. And then especially at the cross, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. lay it down willingly and as Jesus bore the crown of thorns and the nails in his hands and his feet and took upon himself your sin and my sin and bore the wrath of God so great was the wrath of God that was poured out upon him that the sky turned black there was an earthquake and the the rocks ripped apart it was People raised from the dead. I mean, it was some kind of an experience that was going on at that time. But Jesus willingly did this for us. We see the heart of God in that. You want to know how much God loves you? Look at the cross. Within three days later, Jesus arose. And he also showed us something about God in that. The weakness and the sickness and the death of this fallen body one day is going to give way by the command of our great Savior is going to give way to a glorified body for every person who's trusted in Christ. And sickness will be over. Sin will be over. Jesus showed at his resurrection, the Bible calls him the first fruits of the resurrection. He shows us an example of what God is going to do for us. This is God's heart, not only to save you from sin, but to save you for himself. To save you for an eternity of blessing in a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem. This is what God has revealed to us through our mediator. The most precious truth about Jesus being a mediator for me, though, is to know that he feels and understands My suffering. And he intercedes for me before the throne. What a great blessing. If you don't know Christ, you need to have a relationship with him so that you can have Christ as your mediator. And if you know him, you need to thank God and praise God for the amazing gift of his mediator, Jesus Christ. The blessings of the gospel, what are they? A relationship, a mediator. Thirdly, a ransom. I love this. Um, The man Christ Jesus, verse 5 says, who gave himself as a ransom for all. A testimony at the proper time. A ransom for all. A ransom for all. A ransom is a price that is paid. Same thing as redemption. Redemption. Jesus paid a price because God's justice had to be satisfied. The Bible says the soul that sins shall die. Guess what? That's every one of us. You say, well, I haven't sinned a big sin. You know It's funny how we sometimes we define those differently. The big sins are the ones somebody else is doing, right? <laughs> and the minor sins are the ones that I'm doing. Sometimes we, we we do it that way, but the Bible says that Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden for disobeying God by taking a fruit that God had commanded them not to take. It was a sin. Doesn't seem like that big of a deal to us, does it? But it was a sin. All sin has to receive its just penalty. For those who reject Christ, there's an eternity in a place called hell. People say, well, I don't believe in hell. Well, that's okay. You don't have to believe in hell. But just because you say you don't believe in it doesn't change the fact that it's a real place. Jesus talked about hell. If you want to say you believe in Jesus, you've got to also take what he says as truth. Um, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. By the way, the ransom was for all. Didn't we just read that? But those who reject what God has shown them in their conscience and in the creation as well as through the word of God. Those who reject God's truth have but one place to go. It's a sad truth. That's why we need to share the gospel. But Jesus paid a price at the cross. A ransom. What was that ransom? Ransom. He took every bit of justice that God had to pour out upon himself. The justice for every sin. Did you know there's probably many sins that you've committed in your life? You don't even know you've committed them. The Bible calls those unintentional sins in the Old Testament. You know, uh, Listen, we've sinned so many times, we can't even keep track of it. But every single sin and its consequences were taken out upon Jesus. You say, well, how in the world is that possible? Jesus is one man, and we're many. I'll tell you how it's possible. Jesus is not just a man. He's also God. And as God, he has an infinite ability to bear an infinite penalty for sin. Only Jesus could have satisfied the wrath of God. Only Jesus could have satisfied God's justice because an infinite price was necessary to pay an infinite penalty. Jesus' penalty was taken at the cross, and he said, it is finished. By the way, that's a word, it's actually one word in Greek, and it was written at the bottom of a bill that was paid in full. You know, we get the pink slip. You know, or or, uh, you uh, you get the letter in the mail that says, hey, you've paid this off. That's what Jesus was saying. It's completely paid off. Everything that needs to be paid has been paid. Every bit of God's justice has been satisfied upon me. Jesus lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. That's another thing he paid. And here's the great thing about what Jesus did with this ransom. The Bible says when we repent of our sin, that is to surrender our lives to follow Christ. I'm going this way. I make a choice to turn and be willing to follow Christ. That's repentance. Uh, When I repent and put my trust in Jesus Christ to save me, that is credited to me. Jesus' death is credited to me. And God's justice is satisfied. Colossians puts it this way. God blotted, blotted out the handwriting that was against us. God keeps a record of sin. Blotted out the handwriting that was against it, us and took it out of the middle. In other words, it was between us and God. He took it out of the middle and nailed it to his cross. They would nail the charge for which somebody died above their head on the cross. God nailed, as Jesus was dying there, Pilate put the king of the Jews But God also had a charge that he had tacked up there. And it was every sin that Roger Pugh had ever committed. Every sin that you've ever committed. God tacked above Jesus' head. And he said, he's paying for it right now. On the cross. The ransom price. Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament. God said, Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Aren't you glad you're not an Old Testament prophet? I I want you. And... uh, he said, "I want you to do this because I want your marriage to be an illustration of my love for Israel." And so Hosea married her, and they had a couple of kids. And um, she began to cheat on him, and began to once again do prostitution. And uh, finally, he began to ha- she began to have these kids that weren't his. God said, "Name him not my son." How would you like to have that name? Uh, uh, you know, God, God had him named. So all of this is an illustration. But long story short, his wife's name was Gomer, and 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 Gomer finally was so used up that nobody wanted her, and so she was destitute, and they were going to sell her into slavery because she didn't have the money to pay her bills. And God told Hosea, go buy her back. And so Hosea goes to purchase this woman back that has done all of these horrible things to him. And God says, do this because it's a picture of my love for Israel, regardless of what they've done. I've loved them with an everlasting love, even though I'm going to bring judgment. Beyond that, I'm going to restore them. I'm going to buy them back. You want to know where that happened? At the cross. At the cross. But not only Israel was bought back, but you and I, who have put our faith in Christ, we were bought back that day at the cross. Thank God, praise God for the ransom that has been paid for your sin. And then finally, he says, The blessing is also a message. A testimony, verse 6 says, a testimony at the proper time. He gave himself. He, Jesus Christ, is the testimony, is the message. What is he talking about? He's talking about the message of the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. The story is told about the, uh, the man who was a slave trader in England and uh, did all kinds of wicked, vile things and uh, eventually came to faith in Jesus Christ and ended up being a pastor. Anyway, he penned these words, Amazing Grace... How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It's a message of the gospel. Listen, though I'm a sinner, Jesus Christ died for my sins and he rose again. He lived the perfect life I couldn't live so that that could be credited to me as well. So that when I repent and put my trust in Jesus Christ, God wipes away my sin, saves my soul, reserves me a place in heaven, calls me, as Philip was saying earlier, his friend. This is the message of the gospel. If you are a child of God, that ought to be the most precious message to you. Because I want to tell you something. We have no hope aside from the gospel of Jesus Christ. His gospel changes everything thank God praise him for it if you don't know Christ come begin a relationship with him the blessings of the gospel what are they a relationship a mediator a ransom and a message let's pray father thank you for your word thank you for the amazing truth the amazing message of the gospel Thank you, Father, for the ransom that was paid for our sin. Thank you for our great mediator, Jesus Christ, who prays for us and identifies with us and helps us and intercedes.